the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Thanks to Care.com for supporting the Paracast. You can save 30% off a Care.com premium membership when you subscribe by going to Care.com slash Paracast. So Chris O'Brien is on special assignment this week. We called in J. Randall Murphy, known as usual suspect in our forums. Randall, welcome back. But before we go on, for those who wonder the change, you used to call yourself ufology in the forums. And then you said one day, can I be usual suspect? Why is that? Well, what was happening was that there is a number of subjects besides ufology that I would be commenting on. And uh, I often found myself in, in hot water with people getting into debates, pro and con. And um, at some point I thought, you know, just to just to round things out, I should change my profile so that it would apply to more of the discussions I was getting myself involved in and kind of have sort of a tongue-in-cheek uh, feel to it as well. So you know, I'm kind of the usual suspect who has the MO of being sometimes a bit of a, a stirrer up of controversy. Well, we'll certainly stir up some. Now, last week we had Daniel List, better known as the dark journalist, on the PowerCast. And he got into, like, for about a segment or so, political talk. And then those of you who heard after the PowerCast, which is part of PowerCast Plus, we had more of it there. I shut down most of it, as many of our listeners know, because I don't want partisan political discussions, except insofar as it covers our paranormal universe. And I think our listeners kind of prefer that. If they want a political discussion, there are plenty of talk shows that do that. You know, we'll talk about, well, what presidents might know with regard to UFOs. We once had a discussion about a book called The President's Vampire. All right. And then I think there was a movie about Lincoln being a vampire killer. Did you ever yeah, see that, Randall? A, yeah, that was pretty entertaining. Kind of a dumb movie, uh, though, right? Yeah, sometimes you just want to, to let go of all of your critical thinking and just be entertained, let it go in one ear and out of the other and chew on some popcorn. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I thought the last show was absolutely fabulous with Liston. And, uh, you know, you brought it back to the paranormal and ufology by when you were mentioning uh, Hillary's uh, interest in UFOs and her connection with Podesta, which, you know, that really tied it back and brought it back into the show. And, and that was really good. But she did know when she appeared on one of the late night TV shows to refer to UFOs as UAPs. So she obviously had kept up with the scuttlebutt. Maybe privately she does read a lot about the subject, but she would not admit that. On the other hand, we have no idea what Donald Trump might think about it because nobody has thought to ask him. Hey, Hillary Clinton wanted to look into UFOs. What do you think? That would be a question that would be worth asking for anyone. All right. So any journalists out there who are listening to the PowerCast and understand our interests, and the fact that we've talked about presidents and UFOs in the past, ask Trump. Let's see what he says. We'll what do you from- think he would say? Oh, gee. I don't know. I think he'd try to walk away from it. Or he'd say yeah. something kind of wacky. Or, because he's unpredictable, he might say something absolutely, totally positive on the subject. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. He is very unpredictable. So, I mean, he could say, oh, that's a complete waste of my time. Or he could say something like, oh, that's what that crazy Hillary was into. And you know what I think of her? Or he could, he could say, well, we should look into that. His aides and his press people will be trying to say, well, he didn't mean it that way. He was just trying to be friendly. Of course, he would refer to crazy Hillary as crooked Hillary. You know, we decided here, because we've had so many discussions about UFOs and MUFON and everything, to go into a totally different direction. So I got a letter maybe a week ago from Joshua Black, who's a PhD candidate from Canada. And you're into, Joshua, grief dreams. Is that where you dream of your long-lost loved one? Yes, that's uh, part of the the definition that I'm investigating. Explain it more, though. Is there anything about this where there's a perception that they might be in communication with their loved one who has passed on? Oh, yeah. Like that, that's something that I hear all the time. But if we, I guess, go back to what Grief Dreams is and how people label it, there's many names it goes by. It could go by bereavement dreams, dreams after loss, dreams of the deceased, visitation dreams, which is what you're talking about. But all these, all these themes or what people are talking about is you have a dream after the loss. And so there's three types of dreams that people can have, and I'll share them. So the first one is when the deceased isn't mentioned or even present. So these are the dreams that more reflect your grief. So here, maybe like a mountain falls on you could reflect the uh, heaviness of your grief or maybe you're searching uh, for something which reflect you, you know, like you lost something in waking life. Then there's the other one where the second theme is that these dreams that um, have people talking about the deceased or there's um, monuments or something that resemble the deceased, maybe like where they maybe passed away, like a, uh, a hospital. So this is like the second type, and sometimes in this one you'll have sometimes God or angels talk about the deceased loved one, saying they're okay. And then the last one, this is what most people want to talk about and share and know more information on, is when the deceased is actually present in the dream. And so this can be in human form or it could be uh, in non-human form. So I've seen one where it's a cloud, and the cloud talks to the individual, and they know it's, they know it's them. Now, I've had dreams where, say, my late brother, and our listeners know my late brother was Wallace Herbert Steinberg. You can look at him up on Google because he was well-known in the healthcare industry. I have a dream where he's just part of it. We're basically having a normal dream, and suddenly, you know, I'm talking to him as if he is just part of the routine. He's alive. He's part of our normal life. Is that considered a grief dream? Yeah, if it's he's deceased, so that would be a grief dream. How much of it represents your waking grief is, you know, it's hard to determine. It's just based on your understanding of that. And since it's more of he's just a character in the background, it probably doesn't have much to do with your your grief. Um, most of these dreams that people have after loss, and sort of some of my research is finding, it's usually one-on-one that that they have these images with people that have passed on. And I think that's very interesting. So in the one study I did do, looking at a, a grief uh, journal of someone's, what happened was as time progressed forward, more 
dream characters started to appear and more deceased relatives started to appear. But in the beginning of the loss, it's usually one-on-one. And so if you're, if it's just like the characters in the dream and there's a lot of other stuff going on, it probably doesn't reflect much of your grief, but it's probably a lot of people say it's nice to see them again. Well, in this case, it's weird because my brother died 22 years ago. I don't think of him that much, not being rude or anything. It's just that you accept the fact that he's gone, and so we have these dreams. My father died in 1988, and occasionally he's part of the dream. So is that part of the same thing? Yeah. I'd say like it's, it's interesting to just talk about the, to- like the subject because there's not a lot of information out there, which is you know, very surprising. And when I started this journey, uh, I was basically left to my own devices because there's really nothing out there. And so everything that we're talking about is something that probably should have been analyzed and looked at, you know, 40 years ago, but they just really haven't. So, um, but what I've heard, so a lot of this, a lot of my understanding is from stories people tell and my own experiences. And I think there's people say there's a really a big difference, uh, in the dream quality as, uh, as like what they call it a visitation or not. Um, but what you're talking about, they're part of a dream. We have Joshua Black talking about grief dreams and their significance with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. 
North Korea openly threatens the U.S. and launches a new missile every other week. Their warhead of choice? Electromagnetic pulse. Such an event would cripple the U.S. power grid for years and leave millions in the dark. Are you ready? You can be with a Solark EMP-hardened solar generator. Solark works day in and day out to keep your essentials protected. You can have peace of mind knowing your power will be there when you most need it. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to see EMP testing. That's PortableSolarLLC.com. Energy insurance for your family. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Calben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. A reminder, we have a second radio show called After the Paracast, and you can only hear it if you join the Paracast Plus and in recent weeks, we've been continuing shows on After the Paracast. So last week, the dark journalist Daniel List was featured. We had further uninhibited discussions on After the Paracast. You also get the commercial-free version of this show and more. And it's available for a low subscription price. Our price, $1.49 a week, $4.99 a month, and it goes from there. For more information, go to plus.theparacast.com. That's P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. We're talking about grief dreams here, where you dream about a loved one, family member, who's no longer here with Joshua Black, who is a Ph.D. candidate. Joshua, before we get further into the discussion, of all the things one could be in looking for a Ph.D., why this subject? Good question. It wasn't on my to-do list when I was growing up. I wasn't in school saying, you know what I want to (laughs) be? I want want to be a researcher on these grief dreams. No, uh, what happened was I was in undergrad and I actually wanted to be an elementary school teacher. So that was my path. And then my father passed away at my second last year. And that changed, changed a lot for me for basically my understanding of grief since he was the first one that I really cared for that passed away. And the power of these dreams can have after loss. 
And so what happened was, you know, he passed away very suddenly. I was actually waiting for him and he never showed up for to take me to a hockey game. And so I get a call about three days later saying uh, he was found dead is in his place. I was, you know, heartbroken to say the least. And, you know, just the emotion that just came out of that. I just really have a, had a hard time processing it. And so I went right. I was in school. So you, just, you go back to school. You try to go back to your routine. And I still wasn't feeling myself. You know, you, you put on a happy face. You, you do your thing. But then as I moved forward, it was about three months later, I had a dream and he was a part of it. And I'll talk, share the dream. So I was sitting in my, in my room. So I'm, I'm dreaming. So I'm sitting in my room and everything in my room's the same detail as it was in waking life. And at that time, I, my room was pretty cluttered. So it's, uh, it's amazing for all the images to be accurate. I saw my dad at the, at the end of my room and he was looking through some of my clutter. And then he turned around smiling and I, I walked up to him and I said, I'm going to miss you, acknowledging the loss. And I said, I loved him and I hugged him and I woke up. And the fascinating thing was when I woke up, I felt different than prior. And so something changed in that moment. And looking back, I sort of think that I had a block because I never got a chance to say goodbye. And that gave me that experience. And from then on, I always valued these dreams. And I had a series of dreams on how they changed and how they stopped focusing on my grief per se, but other things in my life. So I was done school and I didn't really know what to do you know, with my education. So you, you try to work, you do things. And so I volunteered with the brief because I liked helping people. And they started talking about these dreams. It brought back all the dreams I had. And so the interesting thing is when I had these dreams, I never really told anyone. I just sort of kept them private. And so when these people started talking about the subject, I was very curious about it. So I went to the literature and there wasn't anything there uh, to help them. So I had a choice. Either I just sit back and say, oh, you know, hopefully they do the research or you know, do the legwork yourself and do the research. And so the way life works is where I was living in the university, Trent University, there was a woman who actually did research on dreams. So I spoke with her and she was excited about the topic and that's how it all sort of came about. And then when I was in my MA, that's when I really understood this topic, what the needs were of the bereaved and what are the challenges that they're facing. That's really interesting. I kind of like to sort of tie this in with the theme of the Paracast as well. If I could ask you a question, do you think that these sorts of subjective experiences with realistic imagery can be misinterpreted so that the characters are interpreted as objectively real rather than as a psychological manifestation. So you're saying like, if the, I think they're visitations or not? And what I'm saying is that when people see something in a setting that looks like it's real to them, for example, we have people that say they, they wake up and they're still seeing images from their dream world, Okay. while they're in their waking state. I'm sure you've run across that in your studies. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got a situation where in your dream, you're already in a situation that looks to you to be pretty much identical to what's objectively real outside, um, do you think that people could confuse those two things and then use that to draw the conclusion that, well, there really are people who are separate objective entities that have gone on and passed over to some other reality? So if, uh, if I hear you correctly, so when the dream imagery is very real in the sense of what it would be in waking life, how's that, how would the mind sort of interpret that? So what's very interesting is in most dreams, we don't really know that they're not real until we wake up. And so in the moment, usually unless you're lucid, everything seems real. 
And so I don't think that changes a lot. But I think what happens is there's a feeling that comes about in the dream that maybe uh, is different than a normal dream. And, and when that occurs, I think people will start seeing it a certain way when they talk about sort of visitations or afterlife or spirits. And that is sort of probably a similar feeling they get when they see that in waking life, if it's a, a spirit or something in front of them. There's a feeling I think that you get that breaks your idea of what reality may be. Okay. So do you personally believe that there is some sort of afterlife or are you looking at this from a purely psychological perspective? Yeah. So, well, <laughs> a good question. Uh, I would say I, I do believe in the afterlife. It's just part of sort of who I am, but it's hard to investigate that uh, with, with, you know, the scientific method. So I'm looking at more of a psychological research study to really, I think, shed some light on this because I, as we sort of will talk about the issues that come about from this, from people like who think all these dreams are visitations, who think these dreams are hauntings, to people who um, don't think any of these are visitations, how it can block and actually impede the process of those who are grieving. So in my own life, yes, yeah, like I definitely believe the first one with uh, the one I have with my father was a visitation. And I think that helps me um, as I move forward in this topic to really, I think, understand the topic in a new level. Not all my dreams, I would say, with my father were a visitation. Um, but there are certain ones that have a, a really distinct feel to them that it's hard to really sort of talk, like really explain, but they're just, they're very different. And you hear a lot of people have these experiences. And what I'm finding though, is that even if you don't believe that they're visitations and you had these dreams and it's just nice to see them again, because maybe the last time you saw them, they were jaundiced or they're uh, un unwell in some way, or they're dead in the, in the open casket. You see them healthy and happy talking to you. Even that experience can actually help people through their grieving process and unblock a lot of things, which is, I think, a lot of people think, oh, I got to, uh, if it's a visitation, then, then it'll help me. Actually, I think the opposite. I think that it, that may be true, but also just having these dreams in general can actually affect you, whatever your belief system. I think the big question here is, do you feel that there's any connection with these dreams and some kind of external reality, such as the afterlife, which you express a belief in. We'll have more in a moment. We have Joshua Black. We're talking about grief dreams and their implications. With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Fully cooked, ready to eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center cut presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10 year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready to eat right from the pack bacon or warm and served. Life saving, ready to eat bacon. 10 year shelf life bacon. Ships free at fullycookedbacon.com. Fullycookedbacon.com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. 
discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-765-9681 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-765-9681. Again, that's 800-765-9681. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-774-3149 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-774-3149. Again, that's 800-774-3149. Investing is a long-term process. How many times can you think of in the last decade that the stock market has destroyed retirement funds for people just like you and me? For your existing IRA, you need the security that gold has provided for centuries. Remember, gold has never been worth zero. Capital Gold would like to introduce you to the Home Storage Gold IRA. It's a self-directed IRA set up with all the protection and tax benefits of an LLC. But the big difference in this IRA is you invest in gold and you hold it in your possession. You can't do that with stocks. That's security. You can transfer any type of IRA hassle-free in days. Please call right now and learn more and we'll waive the $500 setup fee and give you a free safe to store your gold. 800-535-7789. 800-535-7789. 800-535-7789. That's 800-535-7789. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So we continue with this discussion, and we learn that, guess what, I've had dreams of this nature. But just coming back to this, and certainly as an academic, it's hard to get scientists to look at something like life after death and afterlife. So do you at all feel personally that when people think of being visited by a deceased loved one, that there's some reality behind it that maybe that individual is contacting them. Yeah, I can't deny it. 
And I say, if we can't study it scientifically, it doesn't mean it's not true. It just means we can't study it. As I say, as long as the person who had the experience finds it a positive and comforting experience, who am I to say? And, you know, if it's helping them in their process and helping them through their journey, like I have nothing against that at all. So, you know, I think that's why I can come in and, and do the topic, I think, justice because I, you know, like I don't mind them saying that. Like it's not, there's no negative, negative reality for them to believe that. Uh, it's only when they think it's a, a negative haunting, then I sort of educate them on dream research. And I don't know if you want me to go into that on what that can actually represent in your grieving process. Well, what about supposed hauntings? Yeah, Does that well, take this, us to that? Well, this is the thing. When it comes to dreams, so just uh, dream research in general, a lot of our dreams in, in general are, are negative in nature. So the average, most people have more negative dreams than positive dreams. And what they're finding is that your waking life actually has a big impact in the dreams you have. And so it's called the continuity hypothesis. And so... After loss or any after trauma or anything, your dreams become even more negative. So anything that's going on in your life is actually manipulating your, your dream imagery. So after loss, you would expect your dreams to be negative. And if the disease is present, that's something you would expect. So it's probably has something to do with the your actually grief and blocks that you've had. And I can share a ton of different dreams that I've collected and, and had talks with people about negative dreams they had and how it relates to usually uh, anger uh, of the death or feelings of guilt, uh, stuff like that. And so I think that's a good way to process it rather than say it's a haunting and you know they're attacking me. Let's actually look at your grief. And maybe that is the reason why it's happening. And what I'm finding in my research is people who have these negative dreams of loved ones also tend to have positive dreams later on. So I think the bigger question is, you know, why are these negative dreams going on? Because most dreams people have of their loved ones are positive in nature. So it, I would always bring people back to their grief. And if it's an issue with their grief, to let's talk about that. Let's get that sorted out so these dreams become more positive. Okay, so we can't really, as you say, study afterlives from a scientific perspective for lack of uh, physical material evidence, but we can certainly look at it from a critical thinking perspective mm -hmm. and decide what's logical or more logical and what's more likely to make sense than other things. Uh, so, me personally, after reflecting quite extensively on that, I've, I'm of the uh, belief that afterlives are impossible in the way that people normally think of them. But at the same time, like Gene, like yourself, I've also had uh, loss and I've had the kind of dreams actually exactly like you're describing. But there's one type of dream that is of particular interest to me here, and that's uh, sort of premonitory dreams of deaths that happen later. Yeah. Uh, like, like I had one where um, my one of my relatives was uh, meeting me to go to a funeral home to um, attend to my mother's death, and she was alive and relatively healthy at the time. And people that showed up were actually already dead. They were grandparents and members of the family who were, had already been deceased. And they picked her up and took her away in the old family car. And I remember waving goodbye to them all as they drove over the hill. Wow. And I thought, that is the weirdest dream. And about two years later, 
my mom, she got really sick and, and uh, she died. And the same person who was in that dream came to pick me up and we had to manage her estate. And off she went into the, you know, for lack of a better term, the afterlife uh, with uh, her mom and, and dad and uh, the old family pet. What about dreams that are premonitory in that sort of Yeah, way? this is, and this is very interesting because this is something I didn't know much about until I got into the topic. And once I started asking about these dreams, like that comes up. So it actually is common to for people to have these dreams prior to the person dying. And it just makes me sit with the reality of life, you know, like the mystery of life, because, you know, it's how do you explain it? How, like, you know, like, I still don't know, but I know it's happening as a scientist. I, I all I can do is say, yeah, this is occurring. And that's really as far as I can go as I sort of ponder, like what that means for reality in this life. But I've heard, yeah, I've heard stuff like that where people will uh, dream of the deceased loved one. Yours was two years. I had people, it was like the day before. They had no contact with the person. They didn't even know they were sick or anything. They have a dream. The person says goodbye or that they love them. And they woke up like thinking it was weird. And, and some people felt that the person must have passed away. Then they get a phone call that day saying that uh, the person died. That's what's fascinating about this topic is that there's just so much mystery behind it. And I like that. And I think a lot of people try to get too bogged down with science. They run their lives through it. They sort of push away that mystery aspect of life. And I think it, there's something beautiful about staying in the mystery. And these dreams, these precognitive dreams, is one of those things. And so like precognitive dreams have been, you know, in all sorts of like religions. And even one of my committee members at Trent University wrote a book called Heads Up Dreaming, all about that. And he looked at that from a scientific perspective and he found evidence of that. People are doing this stuff and it's happening. It just, we can't really explain it. I think quantum physics, I don't know much about it, but I hear it might uh, help understand it a bit. Um, but at the end of the day, if people have these dreams, I'm always interested in knowing if it's comforting or not that they had it. It's usually, some people say it is, other people say it's, it's, it was just, you know, it's mind-boggling how it even happened. But the, the, the one thing I should note is that there are people that will have a dream of the person maybe in trouble or dying, and they wake up thinking it's precognitive, and the, and the reality is it's usually not. And so it's, I think there's a different quality to these dreams that are precognitive, and you may agree or disagree. But uh, a lot of people, if the person's sick already, they'll have anticipatory grief dreams, which could be similar, where the person is dying, but they don't actually, you know, they're not actually dead when they wake up. And it could just be reflective of their grief and understand that they will die soon. I think that's a really good way to describe it, an anticipatory grief dream. That, that's a very neutral way of saying, well, these things happen. Mm -hmm. We're not exactly entirely sure why in every case, but that makes a lot of sense, actually. What's that movie, The Monster's Call? It's about an anticipatory grief dream, basically the whole movie. So it's 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 out there, and like the you know media has you know picked it up a little bit, but just the bereavement counselors and those people who are in charge just haven't really like received education on this topic yet. And that's sort of the big thing that I'm trying to do by doing these interviews and. Uh, doing the conferences and stuff and publishing the research is getting people to start talking about this and allowing and asking the questions because a lot of people carry this stuff and they have no one to talk to. And when they do talk to someone, they usually are given bad advice. What's some of the uh, bad advice people are typically given? <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a lot. Um, so one of them, uh, just 
I, I have a Grief Dreams Facebook group. And so I always, you know, like people post their dreams and sometimes they want answers uh, to or reflections on the dream imagery. And so but there's a lot of people in the group. So they all sort of, you know, write stuff. And one person uh, had a dream and it was there's a bunch of deceased relatives around a table. So she asked, you know, what does this mean? And so one of the group members, I don't think she was, you know, the person was being, you know, intended to harm anyone. She just said, oh, I heard, you know, when, uh, when there's a bunch of deceased relatives in a dream, that means someone close to you is going to die. And then she's like, oh, and the other, the dreamer says, oh, I have a grandmother that's 90, you know, it's probably her. And then the other woman's like, yeah, that's probably right. Let's continue okay. with this in our next segment. More to come with Joshua Black, grief, dreams, and their implications, an afterlife perhaps, with Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. You want to save money in a place that gives you growth, control, and certainty without stock market risk or tax risk, and you want guarantees and you want it all tax-free. That's a tall order. But you can get all of that with properly designed participating whole life insurance. Most people think life insurance pays after you're dead. That's true. But you can have tax-free access to use your life insurance while you're alive. Get the free book to find out how. Call 702-660-7000. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we were talking about a dream here, I guess, involving a group of deceased people that may be a precursor for someone dying soon with Joshua Black. And the subject is grief dreams, the afterlife and that sort of thing. Jay Randall Murphy is our guest co-host. Joshua? So, yeah. So then what happened was the woman, which is very interesting, uh, she then goes, what happens if it's not my grandma? What happens if it's me? And so now she started to fear her own death. And so this is the bad advice. And then the person was not, you know, the the person that was really like trying to encourage her that it's someone else, that someone's going to die. She became, you know, distant and not answering anymore. So then she asked me, that's something I was, I was going to do anyways. And what I told her is that in my research, actually, uh, of the dream journal, the woman actually started having more deceased relatives as she started to heal. And I said, that's actually probably a sign of healing, not of anything else. And so she was really happy with that. And she felt relieved. And she also felt, I think, comforted by the fact that, you know, she was healing in her grief, too. So this is what I'm talking about, like bad advice. Um, another one would be uh, sometimes mediums. They'll say different things on maybe why you're not dreaming of the deceased. And they'll say all, all sorts of different things, which isn't backed by research at all. But one of the comments is that they're not coming to you because if they do, it'll open up your grief too much and you'll just want more. So they decide not to do it. I, I heard that one a couple of times. And I always look at that very interesting because, okay, like maybe after the first one, but if the spirit hasn't actually came the first time, um, that's kind of weird because that's all the, what I'm finding is most people that want these dreams want to be reassured that the person crossed over. They want to know that they're still loved, which is sort of the two big things. And so one dream can sort of heal all those things uh, and unblock some of those stuff that they're working with. So one dream would actually help them more than actually harm them. Yeah, they may cry in, in the beginning, but it's actually beneficial. 
that's actually you know pretty bad advice because they're saying you have to work on your grief before you get these dreams. Where actually that's why I actually started doing the PhD is because that was my first question: is why are we why are some people having these dreams and other people aren't? And what I can tell you is it's because of more dream recall. So more people remember their dreams, and the more people are remembering these types of dreams. And so it may not actually be sort of you know that. Uh, they're not coming. It's probably because you're just not remembering your dreams in general. And I think that's a better way to approach the topic. And there's different ways to increase dream recall as you move forward. Keeping a dream journal uh, is a good one. Talking about your dreams a lot. All dreams, not that just the ones you want. With that, you're probably going to be dreaming uh, or remembering more of the dream. And so I bring this up because a lot of people, my theory is that a lot of people are probably dreaming of their loved one uh, and producing those images, but they're not just, just not remembering it when they're waking up. That makes a lot of sense, and it seems like a really good way to go about it. The, of course, the other problem with the type of um, thinking that you described there is that it presupposes that there is an afterlife, and there there are people on the other side who have the intent, you know, some sort of intent of their own, that is going to have an impact on your life. And so, instead of looking within to see if you can find um, solutions there, uh, it sort of offloads it onto uh, a belief that is wholly unsubstantiated, really. Yeah. And, you know, like also go further too with some other bad advice, not just from mediums and stuff, but also from doctors. I had a, someone tell me that a doctor, they were having these dreams of the deceased, and the doctor said, oh, it's because of your medication. And so they basically reflect, deflected it and said it's because of medication. And so they actually minimized what they thought these dreams, this dream was to them. And that actually would harm them because they thought it meant something and it was something beautiful to them. And I also go also to pastors. There's some pastors who will say um, these dreams are meaningful, that some of these dreams are from God. Other ones will say it's, it's Satan and it's a trick and that sort of stuff. And so what I'm saying is bad advice is you have to understand what the person believes to understand what advice you're giving. So if someone who has a comforting dream, the person says they love them, they're okay, and they're with Jesus or something, and you tell them that that was Satan, well, all that benefit that would have came from that dream, you have now actually crushed. And now they're afraid to sleep because they're thinking maybe uh, Satan's coming and tricking them. So that's why I'm saying like, there's so many people, just because the education isn't out there, so many people giving bad advice in different areas. And it's really, to really, I think, help people, you have to understand what they first believe and then work with that. So can we say here that the dream is meant to reinforce their beliefs, whatever it is? Yeah, like for the most part, that's what I see. So if people are dreaming with this, like I, I, I see dreams where there's, say an individual is Christian, they'll have a dream and sometimes there'll be angels with them. Sometimes they'll be talking about uh, meeting Jesus. Sometimes Jesus actually is in the imagery. And so I think, you know, what your, your belief is definitely will come into the dream a lot. What's fascinating about these dreams, so some people who have them will believe that this and they'd say they are atheists or they didn't believe in anything. They'll have this dream of the deceased that just very overpowering and emotional. They wake up and then now they feel like that was a visitation, which they didn't believe in before. And now they're actually trying to find a religion to help understand what the afterlife is. So I think these dreams can actually not only uh, reflect our waking life, but they can also produce change in our waking life, depending on the feeling that you get. Okay, so they can be transformative. There's no doubt about that. But mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think it depends on your point of view as to whether or not a you know a transformative experience that turns someone religious is necessarily good. So, I mean, do we what accept that, that, that such experiences are are good just because it makes the patient feel good? Yeah, with grief, it, it usually it it's unblocking something, and. If they go to religion, like I'm not here to debate if religion is good or not, but what I'm saying is that that dream of the person having that and believing that there's an afterlife then wants to quantify it and try to figure out what an afterlife is. And so they go to religions because what religions sort of talk about is these afterlife. So it's more about their transformative, but like the belief is that there is an afterlife. And I think that belief can help people as they move forward in loss. Um, it's not as permanent and they still feel loved, which is one of those things that grief is a, is really working with is how do you still feel loved when the person physically isn't there to give it to you anymore? And there's nothing wrong. I, think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And so when if these dreams help promote uh, a positive uh, transformation when it comes to grief, I think it's beneficial. It's only when it's negative or if you're condemning yourself for something, then that you're now you're complicating your grief and it's going to take longer for you to actually... Um, I think get back into the world and share your love. Right. But I think you just kind of hand waved a question there in that there are people who think that becoming involved in religion isn't the best thing to become involved in for a variety of really substantiative reasons. So therefore, just saying, well, it's okay if it makes you feel good, I think that's really a bit of a hand wave. I don't think so because everyone has, like, like, I'm not here to debate religion if it's good or not. I'm just here well, that's that a hand wave. People... That's exactly it. You're saying that if it makes you feel good, it's okay. Don't debate it. Well, on the other hand, if something else you think is uh, sort of negative, then you say, well, you give your advice that you think it's negative and you shouldn't do it. So I think that really qualifies as a hand wave there. Well, okay. So this is my more maybe question. If the, your religion um, actually helps you open your heart to the world and to yourself and to others around you, then that's a positive sort of uh, group for you to be a part of. If it closes your heart, then it's not. And so same thing with the dreams. If it helps you open your heart to the world and life itself, then it, it's good. Like, how can it not be? Uh, and if it closes you up to the world and others, then it's a negative thing. So if that's something more what you're looking for, um, I don't know. I would think that at least from a scientific perspective or at least any attempt at science, what we should be looking for is the truth and what not makes us feel good. You know, it's, if you get what I'm saying, it's not about, well, this, I believe this and it feels good and therefore it's real. I think we should be looking for explanations that make sense rather than what makes us feel good. Yeah, that's uh, it's your opinion. As I said, it's about, like for me, and about it's about uh, how do you open your heart to life? How do you open your heart to yourself? Because Life, it doesn't matter what you believe, if, if your perspective and, your, uh, and how you see the world is negative, you're just going to be doing a lot of injustice to yourself. You're going to be living inappropriately to um, benefit, you know, having happiness and uh, helping others. And that's what I see life is about, is about learning how to love yourself and learning how to love the world. And religions, you know, have a part in that. And if taken by a certain perspective, it can really help you. And if people, you know, use it in a more negative and fear-based, it, it's not going to help you. And so, same thing with these dreams. Like, if if you see these dreams as something that can be beneficial for you, uh, if if it helps you believe more in afterlife, that's not an issue. 
And as I said, we can't test if there's an afterlife. So we're left with what is it doing towards you as a person? Let's ask those questions in our next segment. More to come with Joshua Black and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. You've heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Not true. Actually, you are what you can absorb. So if the vitamins and supplements you now take are not being absorbed, what good are they? Introducing Protovite, proprietary liquid system that allows premium quality nutrients to positively affect the blood in an astonishing five minutes. Watch our amazing two-minute live blood cell video at TrueHealthFacts.com. That's TrueHealthFacts.com. Then call 502-410-3411. Protovite is nutrition you can feel. Protovite is nutrition that gets in. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we asked the questions posed by the belief or expectation of an afterlife. Joshua Black, you were saying? Yeah, you were justifying belief in feel-good psychology is what it sounded like to me. What's that feel-good psychology? It's just understanding what makes you be the most productive citizen in this world. And that is when you can love yourself and, and love the world around you. And that, you know, you could, I don't know if you want to debate that because I don't think there, that's debatable. I think, you know, and religion tries to help out in different ways. Um, and I think these dreams in itself, if they're helping the person believe in something more, um, whether it be an afterlife, whether it be that they're, they're say, um, if that's their belief and it's a loving approach, right? It's, they're not, it's not a haunting. It's, it's more of a comforting uh, message that they're okay, that they love them. And this is what I'm talking about. It's about love and grief is about learning to love without the person in front of you there to tell you that you're lovable. And 
so you have that, but you also have those other dreams where it's just nice to see them one more time in a positive way. And that is also a good thing because I see the change in people from, from this. And you know what? I'll actually share a dream that, uh, that I got uh, from an individual. And so the individual, what happened is his friend passed away and he thought that his friend was, you know, um, was happy. And then his friend committed suicide. And it really broke him. And what happened was he was just, he's devastated. And for two years, he started drinking, started doing drugs. And if it wasn't for his wife, he actually um, probably would have committed suicide himself. He was just down and out. And then he, one night he had this dream. And in the dream, uh, he was back in elementary school. And he was looking around and everyone, he was uh, a young age. and Everyone else around was, was young back then. But then he realized he was in the classroom that his friend may also be there too. And so he's looking around for him and then he sat down and right behind him was his friend. And his friend gave him a thumbs up and he was smiling and he was the age he was when he passed away. And so and the, and the individual woke up and he said that dream changed his life. After that, he actually quit drinking, quit drugs, and his relationship with his wife became much stronger. And for whatever reason, whatever happened in that dream uh, actually saved him and helped him a lot. And so this is what I'm talking about, how powerful these dreams can be. And for me to say that this was a visitation or it wasn't or, or whatnot, I don't think it, it means anything. I mean, is it helping the person? Really? You know, is it really helping you as you move forward in life to you know get back to, to loving life again? And if that's yes, well, then how, who am I to say that's wrong? That's actually what we're all, I think, going towards is how do we, you know, live better in this world and live with others more peacefully? The thing I'm wondering about here and listening to you is if the dream has a reality to it, it leads you mm -hmm. to a proper decision. Is that your subconscious giving you some support or is it an external force? And I think that's yeah. the big mystery. If there's an external force yeah. involved, are you somehow subconsciously in contact with it and is that force the afterlife a universal consciousness what i don't know and i think that's the question that's something i can't answer uh through the research all i can do is sort of look at these dreams from a scientific perspective as what themes are occurring how many people are actually having these dreams is it making you feel better um, helping your grief as you move forward. Um, why are people having positive versus negative themes? That's really what I can test for and help understand what actually is going on. You'd probably have to find out like more you know, neuroscience, look at the brain, uh, what's going on in there when these dreams occur. But who knows? Maybe in like 10 years, we can figure that question out. I think that's a really reasonable point of view. I mean, if you sort of um, demystify the whole thing and look at it from as objective a position as possible, then what you're saying makes quite a bit of sense. I mean, you're talking to someone who, you know, like I said, I, I don't believe afterlives are possible. But in the dream that I had uh, with my dad, it was very real. And uh, in terms of my subjective experience, uh, it was like having him there. When I woke up, I felt as though I had actually gone to visit with him. And, um, you know, 
I know in my own mind that that's not what happened, but your brain thinks the imagery and what's happening to you in the dream is real. It doesn't really know the difference when you're dreaming at the time. Mm-hmm. And that releases chemicals, oxytocin and serotonin and other things that give you that sense of well-being. And when that happens, and it makes a person feel better, I mean, I, it made me feel much better about things for, for quite a while. So I can see how these transformative experiences can take place uh, mm-hmm. on a biological level without the necessity of having to believe in an afterlife. Yeah, and that's what I've been saying. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, if they believe it, that's great. I'm not here to sort of disprove that. What I'm here to say is, like, this is what's going on. And for people who are already religious or spiritual, these dreams can affect them this way. When they're not, it can still have benefits. And as you said to yourself, like, it was a nice dream and you woke up and it wasn't, it didn't, like, derail you at all. You said it probably maybe even helped you a little bit. And a lot of these dreams can. And that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter, like, so my research is showing, it doesn't matter if you're religious or not, you're still having these dreams. And so it's not a factor. And, you know, so uh, one of the numbers, um, over 85% of people in my one study, actually within the first year, had a dream of the deceased. And so a large amount of people who lose their loved ones or actually will have a dream at some point in their grief journey. I think that's amazing. And it doesn't just happen for uh, adults happens for kids will also dream of their loved ones. It also happens if you lose a pet, you can dream of the pet and also miscarriages. I just finished a study with that and you can dream of uh, the the pregnancy again or you can also dream of the baby in different ways, positive or negative. Um, and some of them can be reassuring, other ones can be more negative. So it's just interesting, The really whatever, like all the different deaths and our attachments we have with people, in one way or another, it's possible for us to actually have these experiences, continue to have these experiences with seem again in our dreams. I still have an issue, though, when you say it doesn't matter if it reinforces beliefs that are basically nonsense. Uh, well, well, I have a like, problem with that. What you, I have no idea because I have no idea why you, you well, said like you don't believe in an afterlife. And that's fine. Like I'm not here to sort of debate you on if an afterlife is real. I could really care less, to tell you the truth. But I'm talking about the person. Yeah, Joshua, excuse me. You could care less if an afterlife is real. Why no, so? I care less if he believes if an afterlife is real. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For myself, right, it's different. And like, that's what I'm saying. We're all individual people trying to figure out this world. Because at the end of the day, this could just be a real a big dream. You know, like, I don't know if this is even reality. Because everything that happens in a dream world can also happen in this world. So you probably have heard of that many times. Where like, how do we know this is even real? How do you know that this is not a dream that we're in? We don't. But what I can do is for myself, as I think I'm an entity in this world, as myself, what can I do to benefit my life? And so if I want to believe in something when it comes to religion that helps me um, love myself more, helps me love others more, and helps me actually do good for this world, you know, like, that's my own personal thing. And uh, for, uh, for Randall... If he doesn't want to, well, that's okay. Like, I'm not here to say you have to or an afterlife's real. So I'm saying, like, I don't really care. It's like whatever you need to do to see yourself as lovable, to, to love the people around you and help them and support them in our community, you know, that, that's good. You don't need to believe in afterlife to love yourself. That's all I'm saying. 
So when I talk about these, you know, bad advice when it comes to grief dreams, that's what I'm saying is you have to allow people to believe whatever they need to believe and work with that belief. Because if you try to pull them a different way, you're not going to get anywhere with them. You're not going to help them. So you, you figure out what they believe in, whatever, if it's religion or if it's not, and you work with their grief in that way. We're exploring well, grief love. dreams and their implications with Joshua Black. We've got more to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hey, let me tell you a few things. The number of elderly residents is expected to nearly double by 2050. 10,000 boomers hit retirement age or turn 65 every day. One in six working adults cares for an aging relative. Now, let me tell you about Care.com. You see, Care.com is the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing all kinds of family care. And it's especially good for helping families find high-quality senior care for their loved ones. You can browse local caregivers to find the ones that meet your needs. You know, I wish we had a service like Care.com around when my mom became ill very many years ago. And here's a special offer for Paracast listeners. You can save 30% off a Care.com premium membership by going to www.care.com slash Paracast. Back pain doesn't take vacations. It never celebrates holidays. It's on the job 24-7 to keep your life exactly where it is, in limbo. But it doesn't have to be that way because Laser Spine Institute can help you take back your life from chronic neck and back pain. With a less than one-inch incision, our minimally invasive procedures have provided relief to over 60,000 patients with a 97% patient satisfaction rate. So get ready to stand tall and live the life you've imagined for yourself without pain. Are you or a loved one suffering from a bulging disc? herniated disc, spinal stenosis, pinched nerve, or degenerative disc disease? Call our spine care consultants now at 855-510-BACK. For a no-cost MRI review and to learn more, it's time to say goodbye to chronic neck and back pain. Call 855-510-BACK to see if laser spine surgery is right for you. That's 855-510-BACK. What have you got to lose? Laser Spine Institute, the leader in minimally invasive spine surgery. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. 
Call 800-557-0158. That's 800-557-0158. Again, 800-557-0158. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Joshua Black, I understand the practical thing here, but when we talked about dreams and precognition, and we normally think, well, you predict possibly or expect the death of somebody, a loved one or something. Are there other areas of precognition that these dreams lead to that may sometimes be true? Yeah, so I've heard other dreams uh, when it comes to um, not like a deceased loved one, but let's say so, like more uh, mystical kind of experiences. So one dream was shared where an individual was having a court case. So after the person, uh, her father uh, died, there was a lawsuit going on and the individual needed these papers to actually win the court case, but she couldn't find them anywhere. And so she was stressing out about it. And then all of a sudden she had this dream. And then in the dream she had, uh, she was in this like storage unit and there was all these bins everywhere. And there's, uh, this one bin and on top of the bin was this kind of like, I think it was like a leather jacket. Anyways, the deceased lifts up the leather jacket and then the papers are there. And so she woke up, she went to that storage unit, looked at that bin, of course the jacket was there, lifted it up, and the papers she needed to win the court case were actually in there. And I've heard this actually a couple different times where sometimes the deceased will come if you're looking for something and you can't find it, or maybe they stash something. This is a very interesting one. I've heard this a couple times. They stash something, maybe it's money or it's the will. Um, in a place where the deceased, where the living person didn't d- know where it was, they get the dream where it shows the location, and then they they go to that, and the thing is there. So as I'm saying, like it, it's the mystery of life. It just makes you sit there. I can't, you know, I'm trusting their word on the the dreams themselves, and all I can do is sort of acknowledge that that's that's what they're telling me. And it, if that's true, that's a, a very interesting um, interesting dream, an interesting event to happen. Uh, in this world. Is it possible here in some cases before dying, the deceased person showed them something that relates to what they're looking for and in searching for it, they remember, oh, they showed me that, so they dream of the individual showing them this particular item. Mm -hmm. That could be, or say like it's hard to really determine. Uh, You're just trusting the person's word and their their cognitive uh, memory to sort of see, have they ever showed me that before? And so that's what I'm saying. Like when it comes to, to if someone ever shared that to me, I acknowledge that that's what they believe occurred and that's okay. Or I'm not here to sort of say, you know, trying to like really debate, you know, have you, did you know it before and that sort of stuff, because it's not really going to get anywhere, but just acknowledge that it occurred for them. 
and what that made them feel, right? Like, and how did that help them, especially with the woman with the court case? She was, it was just like a remarkable feeling that actually helped her not only win the court case and relieve a lot of stress, but also feel loved that she was, you know, uh, she took it to visitation, um, that her father was still with her. And, you know, that's cool. Don't get me wrong here. Um, I tend to examine things from a skeptical point of view and what you sort of are seeing as debate for the purpose of getting at what is more likely to be true about specific kinds of claims. And therefore, what we're having is is a discussion that is truth-seeking. We're not necessarily having a debate. We're looking for the truth. And so we have to ask those kinds of questions in order to uh, help us make some sense of what you call the mystery. And, you know, I can't help but think that it is the mystery. It is, in fact, that these things are happening and that they do represent a mystery that leads us to these types of investigations. We want to know why. I mean, don't you have any curiosity as to how these things are possible? Yeah, and I have no idea. I say, like, if they are, especially the precognitive stuff, how it is possible, I have no idea. And I don't have the tools to, and we don't have the the scientific understanding yet, even the, the tools to research that in a way that it needs to be done. And so I'm okay with leaving it as unknown and that it may be possible. I'm okay with that. Some people aren't, right? Like some people really want to know and like, have they ever shown them, you know, where that was, you know, okay, okay. That's who you are and what you need. And they may have or may not. Like at the end of the day, like I'm working with people in their grief and that trying to understand that aspect, actually turning away from their grief. When I look at things, when I'm speaking to you today, it's about those people who are grieving and, and sharing stuff to me. How can I approach them in a way that's loving to help them through their journey? But like with you and me, I say like neither of us are talking about someone's grief. Then yeah, it's very interesting. And it could be uh, what you're talking about uh, when you're talking about what's the truth. It could be multiple things, but I don't know. But I'm not against any sort of approach on what it could be. Are you never curious to find out why? Mm, I don't like... <laughs> Not really, you know, like it's, it's very interesting. It depends what you're focused on. And when it comes to that stuff, I know that you you can't know science, like academically, you can't study that, but I know it's possible. It could be memory, right? It definitely could be just forgot. And that's interesting. But like some of the stuff that you hear, you like, especially with the people dying and stuff. And I like sitting in the unknown and what it could be. And who knows? Um, but it doesn't bother me. Like, I don't need to find the truth on those things. Other things I do. When it comes to that, I'm okay with just sitting with whatever it may be, given all the possibilities. It's not like I'm one over the other. I'm just wondering why you feel that way. It strikes me as kind of incurious about things. You have the facilities here of a university to do all sorts of research. Mm-hmm. But you're willing to accept the stories as opposed to saying, hey, what's causing this? Is it memory? Is it interaction with some supernatural force? Is it life after death? There's so many possibilities. And if oh, you so don't want to do it or it's not your area of expertise, maybe help encourage other people to look into it. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, if other people want it, that's that's fine. But it's like, it's how would we know? Like, how do we know? That's what, like, I understand the topic in enough that if someone shared that, let's say it was to try to find something that you know, they didn't know, they didn't think they knew, um, how would you even investigate that? 
You know, like, because if they're not remembering, if it's suppressed, how are you supposed to even know that it was a memory? You know, like, we don't have the tools to understand if it was a memory to begin with. So I can understand the, the how hard it would be to even try to find the truth. And that's what I'm trying to say. It's, I'm not too, we don't have the tools yet. And so because we don't have the tools, it's not something that's pressing to me because to understand that question, if that was a uh, an actual you know, uh, memory or if it was actually something new from sort of the afterlife or, or whatnot, you need different techniques and tools to investigate the stuff that we just don't have. And so I, I'm not going to invent it. That's not my, my purpose. It's not where my heart is. My heart is first just really looking at these dreams to give them, I guess, a voice. And then if people want to, there's a ton of researchers yet, um, they just haven't really focused on this topic. If they want to f- start focusing on these dreams, there's a lot of different areas that you can. And if this is something that they want to do, you know, amazing. Um, it'd be interesting to see what kind of methods they use to try to to answer their questions, because I can't come up with any in my head that would be uh, valid. And that's what I'm trying to say. It's 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 one of those questions that you know we're just not ready f- to answer in a scientific community. I want to ask you something else in our next segment. And we'll get to something our Paracast listeners will be familiar with. With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. 
Kiyosaki, Rogers, and Schiff all concur there's an economic calamity that will be facing this country. My question to you is, do you know when and are you prepared? Most people don't, but my friends over at Republic Monetary Exchange have been leading experts in precious metals to help you offset the coming economic collapse. Right now, for a limited time, they have a free book called The 10 Reasons You Should Own Gold. You simply need to give them a call at 888-772-2929 to get that in your hands. Do not allow the insiders to do what they did to you in 2008, putting your IRAs, 401ks, and savings in jeopardy. You need this book, and you need it now. The 10 Reasons You Should Own Gold. Call 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929. There's a reason that the largest investment banking company in the world, J.P. Morgan, just purchased another 50 million ounces of silver. This free book will explain it. 888-772-2929. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey water filtration systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So our guest co-host is Jay Randall Murphy. Chris O'Brien's on special assignment. Joshua Black is here talking about grief dreams. And we're questioning him on things that maybe he doesn't get involved in, but just to kind of cover where he's at. So with regard to grief dreams, what about what people remember when they have so-called near-death experiences? You know, they're clinically dead on the operating room table for a short period of time, and they come back and they have some sort of dream experience to relate. Do you look into those? No, no, I don't. I just focus strictly on when someone's actually dreaming in their bed. So I don't know much about the information on that. Um, you probably know more about it than I would. Have you ever had a case where someone has said that they've had a dream that related to some loss of the, you know, loss of a loved one in some way, shape, or form that also involved some uh, sort of maybe the presence of an alien or something along those lines, something highly unusual? No, like. I haven't heard any alien dreams. The closest I've heard is angels. So there's a couple dreams where it was a deceased uh, child that died. And the child was floating on the ceiling. And there was an angel there in bright light. And the child was saying, 
that they were okay and they were with Jesus. So that's probably the like what I've seen. Um, but at the end of the day, I haven't. Once I survey more people, that may come up. I don't know because I said a lot of it, it could be based on the way you perceive reality. Um, so I haven't really looked into how other cultures uh, have what kind of dreams they have. Uh, so I'd say like this is like just the starting blocks of just really pioneering this research. So there's so many unanswered questions and so many things. I think once we collect more data and more stories from people, it's going to be interesting to see what's possible. How many dreams have you actually physically investigated in terms of talking to people or collecting the information? <laughs> Good question. Um, just by like reading literature, talking to people, over thousands. Uh, when it came to my first study, there were around 77 dreams for my MA research. And then now it, I'm looking at uh, dreams, but also just looking at you know how people, like what fa- factors predict their dreams. And so I had almost 300 people for my the spousal loss study after pet loss, where I was 175, and miscarriages was around 250. So it's getting up there, and I'm hoping to do another study uh, with after spousal loss when it comes to looking at what dreams are, and why do some people have positive dreams versus negative dreams, and there'll probably be around 200 of those. But yeah, just by doing all the talks and interviews I've been doing in the workshops, I've you know like every time I go there, there's people just want to share their dreams. And when I do these interviews, people tend to email me after and share their dreams. And it's, uh, yeah, over thousands of dreams for sure. They're all unique in their own way based on who the person was to them, uh, their relationship and, and you know, their, their lives. And I think that's what's fascinating. There's common themes. And I found different common themes in the dreams of the deceased. And like, so one of them would be like rationalization. So the dreamer is there and they see the deceased and they're trying to figure out how they're even there because they died. And so the, the deceased usually will say something like uh, they didn't like being dead or, you know, something in the fire brought them back. So they always have like an excuse on, on why they're there. And then usually the story continues a little bit after that. But then there's these helping crossing over dreams. And this is interesting. So sometimes we'll have, uh, I'll see dreams where the deceased is sometimes suffering in the dream and then the dreamer will lay hands on or, or pray and then for the soul to cross over, and they cross over. And other ones I've read uh, from a, a culture, uh, uh, it's a Cambodian culture, and they have sometimes dreams where they want to be reincarnated because Buddhism is uh, the main religion. And so they to reincarnate, they need the person in waking life to do these rituals uh, for them. And so sometimes they have these kind of dreams, where, so they want to reincarnate sort of back. And then there's the other ones where it's like dead, dying, or ill. So the deceased is, you know, dead or dying within the dream, sometimes as they did in waking life, other times um, in more exaggerated fashion. There's discomfort for the deceased, sometimes chasing the person. Then there's the comfort ones, as a lot of people have. Uh, most people have these comfort ones where the deceased is saying they love them, they're okay, uh, they're providing forgiveness, uh, healthy and happy. So this is where the deceased is sometimes usually in the background. And it's just you're seeing them and they're smiling, they're okay. And then lastly, there's a separation theme where the deceased usually says they have, to, they have to go, which I think is really interesting. So they say they have to go, or they have to leave now, and that's how it usually ends and they sort of fade away. Or there's a barrier between the two. So sometimes a fence and the person says, I, you know, you can't come this way. And so they can't actually cross that barrier. Uh, so those are like the seven themes that I found. And there's probably more. The more you know, data you collect, uh, the more these themes could change a little bit. But for the most part, it gives you a sort of variety of experiences people are having. Is this something you do during your daily work life or something you do in the evening? 
<laughs> I do with the PhD research. I do this every day, all day. <laughs> Just uh, doing a quick Google search here, I've run across several instances where um, women say they've had dreams about miscarriages that involve uh, aliens. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah, and um, most ufologists know about a couple of those cases. I am not, I'm not a trivia expert on it. I always have to look things up again to remind me, but I know there are a few cases, and uh, it's interesting to see a couple of them here. Another one says that they had a dream about alien invasion involving people dying uh, shortly after losing uh, their pet dog. Uh, hmm. And with, so, the, so it's guess, out there, and it yeah. would be interesting to, to to know because these people who've had these kinds of dreams, they think they're they're real. They think that they've been abducted by aliens, and that they have been uh, impregnated, and that they've had their fetus taken from them. And mm-hmm. uh, in some cases, they've they say that they can act, they can actually be in communication with them on some sort of telepathic level that they feel takes place during their dreams. So, uh, that's that, interesting. Yeah, it is really interesting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but is there any truth to that? Are these as subjective as religious dreams or are religious dreams another reflection of a type of, uh, alien intervention or presence that's, you know, who knows exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. And there's a lot of, a lot of things that we still need to find out, but at least if we're talking about them. I think that's, the most important thing to actually get it out there so people don't feel, I think, uh, isolated or alone with these experiences that oh, other people are having these and to normalize the experience, I think, is you know one of the, the big reasons to talk about the subject. Well, I can actually appreciate what you're saying when you, you don't want to start debating with a patient on what they believe because that's not, as you say, that's going to produce some sort of cognitive dissonance and send them into a sort of a defensive posture and it's going to be harder for you to help them. So, from that perspective, I can completely appreciate where you're coming from, uh, from a therapeutic perspective. Thank you. I appreciate that. Let me ask you also about dreams. Are there ever dreams shared among two or more people where they have the same dream about the same person? I've heard of stories like that um, with living people. I haven't heard that when it comes to the deceased. The closest thing I can think of was... A, uh, a woman so uh, lost her father, and so she had this dream where her father and her talking, and she said that she had, you know, the the father. So um, you have to come visit mom. She really needs to know that you love her and give her a hug. And then the dream ended. Anyways, the next morning she gets a phone call from her mom saying that the her deceased father uh, came to her, uh, told her she loved him, and hugged her. And then the daughter says, I told him to do that. So that was like the closest thing where the deceased sort of showed up in two dreams that are very similar in the sense of what was going on. But they could tell that the time frame was a little, maybe a little different. But I thought it was just one of those things that it makes you sort of just like sit with that. And you're like, wow, interesting. But it made her feel, it says she cried after and she felt loved that her father sort of listened to her. So, you know, I thought that was amazing. That it goes to another party. I think puts the whole thing in a different perspective. It's not just an individual experience, but something that is extending to another person. We've got more to come with Joshua Black and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast.
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. $39.95 plus shipping and handling. Use discount code GCN and receive 15% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter and get your Bug Assault today. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, Hey, try this. Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2979-855-700-2979-855-700-2979. That's 855-700-2979.
Did you know children are 52 times more likely to suffer from identity theft than adults? Credit alerts will not fix the fallout. Liberty ID does. And here's an exciting offer just for you. Go to LibertyID.com and cover your entire family, your spouse, your children, and your parents for only $129 a year. Use promo code free trial and we'll give you the first 60 days free. That's LibertyID.com promo code free trial. LibertyID.com. LibertyID.com. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So as I said in the previous segment with Joshua Black, that the fact that the mother, in a sense, is sharing the other end of this experience... That puts a completely different complexion on this, don't you think? Yeah, I, I honestly do. I'm just saying, it makes you sit and like, just in the mystery of life. And you're like, what? Like, but you know, like I said, like someone else could say, oh, it's because of they both wanted to dream. And, you know, it's common to have the deceased say they love you and hug you. So, but with that woman, it's just accepting that reality for her and asking her what that felt like to sort of have that dream and for her mom to have that dream. And, you know, have they had any dreams, you know, beyond that and what that looked like? So, yeah, it definitely sort of changes how you see these dreams and what's possible when it comes to dreams itself. Well, here on the Paracast, we do try to connect things like dreams to the paranormal and those kinds of experiences. Because quite a few of us here, I would say the majority of us, do believe that strange things happen. And that strange things have happened to us as well. But we're really curious as to why and how, and not just simply sort of describing the experience for ourselves to make ourselves feel better. So that's where I was coming from with my previous questions. And we're not in a therapy session here. So I think it's fair for us to explore some of the reasons why we maybe think the things that we do. And you say you do believe in an afterlife. So if you don't mind me asking, why do you believe in an afterlife? You know, good question. Well, the first one I answer that, even though it's just me and you and we're talking, I know other listeners um, may have been dealing with grief. And so that's why I'm always, when it comes to this, we're like in a bar or something and maybe talking about a little bit differently, but because I know other people are listening and they may be grieving, I'm aware of that. So we're actually in the kind of a therapeutic session with the outside world. But when it comes to sort of my own belief system and why I believe that, good question. You know, like I was raised in a, a Christian home uh, most of my life, so it was around me. Uh, but I never really believed in God. You know, I was just more just doing it for them to help them. But it was one dream I had that actually just changed the direction of my life. Before, I, I always thought dreams were from the devil. And that's sort of my, I had like nightmares as a child. And that's what my mom and dad would say to me. And so I never really thought dreams were anything. And if they were, they're, they're actually negative in nature from the devil. So what happened was I uh, was dating this woman and I was uh, madly in love in high school. You know how that goes, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and yeah. then, uh, of course, you know, at the end of it, she cheated on me and it broke my heart. I, it really just tore it. And I haven't felt that kind of suffering before. Like I didn't eat or sleep for maybe like three days. And I was just like, I'm so out of it. And I, I couldn't understand why I was in so much pain. And so it was the first time I said, you know, God, if you're even there, please help me understand why I feel like this. And so I said, I'm just like out there. I'm like just down and out, just saying, okay, this is my call. 
you know, I haven't called you yet. This is my call. And so what happened was I had a dream and I'll, t- I'll show the dream. I saw this stream. I started running by this stream. I was frantically looking for something. And I was walking up and down, running up and down these hills, going under bridges. And it felt like it was just hours just doing this thing. And it finally opened up and, and led to this ocean. And then in the distance, there was a pier. And so I saw a person on the pier. And so I went and ran over to the person on the pier and frantically looking like, where is it? Where is it? And I looked and he looked at me and he said and pointed out to the left and said, it could be over there. And he pointed to the right. It could be over there. And then he said, point to the center. And he said, it could be over there. But then he looked at me with these like very like stoic kind of eyes and just very calm, peaceful. And he said, do you know where it truly is? And he pointed to his mind. And then I woke up with like a flash of lightning. It just like went through me. And not only it was the first time like this dream was very different than any other dream I ever had. So it was so like I caught my attention. But the other thing I knew what it meant. For me, it meant that my perspective on the events. So I was blaming the girl for cheating on me, blaming the guy for, you know, doing what he did. But I wasn't actually focusing on myself. So I woke up and I knew instantly that the perspective was wrong. And why I was feeling so much pain was because I didn't love myself. And I always used her as a way to feel loved. And so because she cheated and because even she just left, it was just bringing all that up to the surface. Then my goal was, how can I learn to love myself more? And that was the first thing because I prayed and this thing happened. And as I moved forward, I, I started figuring out different ways on you know how to love myself. I looked at different saints and even Jesus and uh, their approach to teaching people to love themselves. And so that's how I got into sort of there's something here for me. And that's what I'm saying. Like, um, and it led me to love myself more. And I think that's why it's uh, it's for me. It led there, and when I when I believe that there's something more, and then my dream with my father was the big thing that uh, helped me believe that there was an afterlife. Because that dream of my father was the same kind of dream I had with that guy on the pier, same kind of feeling, and I hadn't had a, a dream like in that time frame that was different. Like I think that's why I is a, the starting point, and then it's just like how do I other events in my life that just sort of reinforce that belief. Uh, in me. And that's sort of the process on sort of how I sort of began believing. How old were you at this time? So when the girl, uh, it was after high school, was when the, I don't know how old I was, what, 19? There was OEC back then. So I'm uh, dating myself. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was probably like 19, 18, 19 when I had that first dream. And then the dream of my father, I think it was around 23, 25. Up so, until then, did you have a strong religious commitment? No, like my family home wasn't one that was the greatest. And so here are these people, especially my father, um, was very angry, very judgmental, very hateful uh, and abusive in different ways. And he was preaching religion to me. And how can I believe in something that this person saying I need to believe in when he's trying to use force? And so I never really, if anything, I disbelieved because um, he believed it. But these experiences uh, really changed that. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's uh, that's really quite interesting, and you know uh, how it reflects on me. I mean, you've got your sort of your confirmation of your beliefs coming from it in one way, and I kind of see uh, envisioning this as you were describing it the the character that pointed at his at his head as if it's you know. The answer is in your mind. It's in your intellect. And 
you can manage it. And you related to that on a very intuitive level and began to uh, become ret- retrospective and, and to think about it and why you were feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. And I think it's really important that you don't let that journey stop with your belief in an afterlife. I used to believe in afterlives. I used to believe in God at one time. I went away from that. I went back to it. And that was some 20 years ago when I left it again and have never looked back. I've just moved past it. But I really think it's part of your journey and that that message to keep using your mind and keep asking questions and see what makes the most sense from a critical thinking perspective, whether we can study it scientifically with material evidence or not, it that doesn't matter so much. Use your mind. It's really powerful. And it will really facilitate this journey that you're on is, you know, my two cents worth. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's that's great. And to, to sort of see that and to see the positive of that and say, we're all on journey. And say so like, you're in religion, you're not in religion. And at the end of the day, you could take the dream and my own experiences uh, as what you want. It's just like, what product does that come? And if you're in a religion um, that isn't conducive to you, you know, uh, loving yourself, then my question is, why are you there? You know, and a lot of people, unfortunately, are in religion because their parents were in religion and they just don't want to make them upset by saying they're not, you know. Um, But yeah, always sort of look at why are you doing what you're doing? Because it'll lead you down a rabbit hole that um, can really, I think, help you learn to appreciate yourself more, to make your own choices, and to love people, I think, in a new level, because I always feel that I've learned in my own life that once I learned to love myself more, I was so much, it was so much easier to love other people. Well, that makes a certain amount of sense. I've never really had that problem personally. So, and, you know, I just look at, but the rest of it makes perfect sense in terms of, you know, thinking about it and reflecting and go, well, you know, I'm not a perfect person. I don't know everything. I don't have all the answers, but how can I find them? How can I learn more? How can I make myself you know, a better person by considering these issues? And yeah. for me, it always comes down to trying to find the truth about things, which is why I get so curious about why it is that these things happen and what do they <laughs> represent, you know? Yeah, well, I'd say like it's 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 interesting, like, but being a critical thinker is so influential in in finding, I think, the answers you're looking for. So if you have an answer, like go search for it, you know. And if it's not out there, you know, try to find a way to make it so. If that's the question you're asking, let's go and, to know, our break, and then we'll have more. Joshua Black and Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great t-shirts, fabrics, 
and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. North Korea openly threatens the U.S. and launches a new missile every other week. Their warhead of choice? Electromagnetic pulse. Such an event would cripple the U.S. power grid for years and leave millions in the dark. Are you ready? You can be with a Solark EMP-hardened solar generator. Solark works day in and day out to keep your essentials protected. You can have peace of mind knowing your power will be there when you most need it. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to see EMP testing. That's PortableSolarLLC.com. Energy insurance for your family. You've heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Not true. Actually, you are what you can absorb. So if the vitamins and supplements you now take are not being absorbed, what good are they? Introducing Protovite, proprietary liquid system that allows premium quality nutrients to positively affect the blood in an astonishing five minutes. Watch our amazing two-minute live blood cell video at TrueHealthFacts.com. That's TrueHealthFacts.com. Then call 502-410-3411. Protovite is nutrition you can feel. Protovite is nutrition that gets in. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. The sepulchral sounds of Randall Murphy. Gene Steinberg, Chris O'Brien's on special assignment. We're talking to Joshua Black about grief dreams and their implications. Let me ask you quickly here. You're a PhD candidate. You get the degree. Yes. And you continue the research that you're doing now. Do you teach? What do you do? No, I've taught already and it's, you know, my, you know, like I've done it and it was okay, but my heart just wasn't in it. And I, and so I do want to continue the research. And so my plan is to actually fund a lab after I'm done to actually continue the research because no one's doing it or no one's really doing it. And so I really want it to continue and to not just stop with me. And then, but I also want to teach not in academia, like as a professor, but I want to teach the general public how to work with these dreams, how to talk about them. And so that's why I consciously do uh, workshops uh, with people who work with the bereaved and I do work and I do talks for the bereaved themselves. So I want to continue doing that as I move forward. And, you know, I said, like, I've only really done, you know, Southern Ontario and some other places. But, like, once I'm done, it'd be so much easier since I don't have this sort of thing I need to get done as fast as I can. Um, I can actually start touring the world and start talking about this stuff and hearing stories and all the different stories that are out there and normalizing this experience. So uh, I'll probably write a book somewhere in there, too. And, you know, who knows what. But that's more my main thing now is, like, how can I, we, how can I help the bereaved moving forward the best way I can? Well, that's certainly an honorable calling. I lost my life partner back in 2015. And of course, I was referred to a number of grief counseling services and so on. And uh, I just, I looked at the syllabus and the outlines and I just didn't feel that it was the right thing for me to get involved with them. It didn't seem like it was going to help me at all. And um, so I can't say that I've had personal experience there, but there are services out there that do provide counseling for people who are grieving. And um, 
that you want to help those people, I think is very honorable. And that it sounds like you could possibly bring a unique perspective to that process. Yeah, especially when it comes to those who support the bereaved, because in their training in theontology or in counseling, they're not trained on these dreams. So they don't know how to really work with them. And a lot of people actually don't ask the question. So I've found along my way, and other people have told me, is when people ask them about their dreams, they're more than willing to share. But for the most part, they don't share if they're not asked. And so, so a lot you- of like to see some sort of dream therapy, for lack of a better term, um, put into some of these uh, grief counseling programs. I mean, the the one, the couple that I looked at, they were, uh, I live here in Calgary, and uh, you were supposed to attend several sessions and promise that you'll show up and you have presentations and paperwork and and so on for people to, to basically do homework on. So, I mean, these are, are being paid for by the city and and uh, is it your hope that you can become more involved in those kinds of programs? Oh, of course. Any program that works with the uh, the people who work with the bereaved, of course. And you first have to legitimize the subject. And, and that's what I'm getting. And that's why I'm doing the research. And I'm glad I'm doing the research because when I talk to the people, like the executive directors at different places, the, you know, they, they first look at the research. And then once they realize that science is actually looking at this stuff and it's actually valid, and these experiences people are having and sharing, then they're more open to doing it. Um, but before uh, before the research was out there, I was in my MA, I got a lot of uh, um, negative comments on the dreams uh, or even doing the subject or wanting me to do talks. So it, things have changed just because research is getting out there now. And you know that's why I like to. I, I love seeing that change and that progress as we move forward. And a lot of people who do dream therapy, it's it's not the thing that the dream stuff that I'm, I'm really working on, um, because the, I don't think they really know the research in, itself when it comes to this topic. So they're going at it a specific way. Maybe it's Jungian psychology or Freudian or some other way of interpreting your dreams. And I'm really just peeling it right back to sort of did dreams represent a waking life and how can we talk about these dreams in a safe environment where you're not devaluing the person's experience but actually helping them through their grief journey and that takes a little bit more training so i'll probably have a training program you know that's what my workshops are about is really focusing on that aspect of it and who knows but at the end of the day i'm just happy i can uh i almost memorialize my dad by doing this and it actually gives me a lot of comfort by doing this work and being around uh, the bereaved and those who are suffering. And you know, I, looking back, I, I wouldn't have chose this path, but I'm glad I'm on the path. Are you on this path because of your father? I am. Yeah, like I said, he was the first one that passed away. And it was because of the dreams I had with him that actually made me think that this topic was I should even look at. Because if uh, that person would say, I, I, I don't, and to volunteer with the bereaved, you need to have lost someone. So I wouldn't have been able to even volunteer with the bereaved to hear some of their questions and concerns on the topic. So yeah, I, uh, that moment in time really changed the direction of my life. Do you have uh, brothers and sisters? I do. I have one brother and two sisters. In that experience, uh, you know, in your experience with them, do they talk about it? Have they had any dreams? Have you had some dreams that might be similar? Do you get to share your experiences with them? and Or can you share any of your experiences with them uh, safely here? Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny because, you know, siblings, they don't always have the same perspective you do. And I think because of the environment we we're raised in, they have their own um, their own beliefs that really, like, shed them, I guess, like, um, close them up, uh, especially on this topic. 
and so I've, I've asked and none of them actually have. And it's interesting um, to sort of hear about, you know, the reasons if they even want one, if they don't. And I said my dad wasn't the most pleasant person. So it's not like they're, I think, longing for these dreams. And the reason I should share too, the reason why I think my dream was positive and why I grieve so much is because after my mom, my mom separated from my father uh, when I first started university. And so before then I was angry at my dad and, you know, I, I didn't care for him uh, just because of the way he was approaching, uh, raising us and stuff. And uh, so anyways, there was that path. And uh, what happened was uh, after they separated, I wanted to understand more of, uh, his behavior and why he treated us the way he did. And from there on out, we actually, he started opening up to me a lot about his past and, and it made sense to me on, you know, why he was the way he was because of the way he was uh, brought up. And, and the, this was he, while he was alive. You were, yeah, this was, yeah, this was when okay. he was alive. So I started developing a bond with him. And then we started going out for dinners and talking, going to the movies and, you know, taking our hockey games and stuff. And so I started developing a friendship with him that I never had as a child. So it was just so I started actually bonding with my father at a, like at a time, and then he passed away about two years later. And so that's why it hurt. But if um, we didn't reconnect, I probably wouldn't have had a dream because I wouldn't have wanted one. Right. Well, that's very positive. Um, I know my parents; they split up as well, and I'd heard more negative things about him than positive things. And as I grew up uh, and got into my twenties and moved back here to Calgary, where he lived, I started visiting him on a regular basis and really learning the real person he was. And I feel so fortunate for that. And uh, so I think my own dream about him that made me feel so much better uh, because it was like going to visit him. Mm. Uh, is reflective of that. So I'm really glad that you did that. I'm glad you, you also did that. And I think it takes a lot of courage to, to, to stretch your mind on who people are um, because a lot of, we get set sometimes in our ways and to open your mind to sort of who are they really. And it's good if like my father, which was nice, that he really dropped the role of being a father and he just started talking as I was, if it was like a real person, you know? And I think that's actually was really beneficial for me too. I don't know if your father did the same thing where he saw you as like an adult and he had like adult conversations with you. Um, he wasn't trying to like shed you from the world and stuff. So I think it took you, you great courage uh, to also um, go there and take those steps because a lot of times we can harden our heart to people and we, and we have this belief that maybe people can't change. And so what happens is we just, we distance ourselves and we leave them and then they die and we just never know who they truly were. Don't forget to check out the Paracast Plus for the best way to listen to the show. You also get the exclusive After the Paracast podcast. For more information, check plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. We got more to come with Joshua Black. Eugene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite Graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. 
What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-610-7740. That's 800-610-7740. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. $39.95 plus shipping and handling. Use discount code GCN and receive 15% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter and get your Bug Assault today. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Joshua Black, I guess we can relate that to my experience with my father. He... And I, you know, for different reasons, which are complicated. 
weren't very friendly for a while. And then we kind of hooked up again. And when my wife and I had a son, we would visit him and his second wife, my stepmother. And we had pleasant times. He'd buy us dinner all the time. And then one evening, the day before my birthday, he calls me on the phone. And usually our phone conversations were 30-second affairs. And this time he went on for five or 10 minutes, as if he really needed to say things to me. The next day, probably 24 hours on my birthday, he died. And it was not something like he suffered from some kind of illness or something. He was just shy of his 79th birthday. He was playing cards with his friends. And he had a heart attack, and that was it. Of course, I guess if you're going to die, do it fast. And he did it fast. It's just a strange coincidence that the day before he's calling me, as if maybe he knew, and then he dies on my birthday. Wow. Wow. How was that for you? Like, like does it, like, now that you're grown up and you have these birthdays, does it, does it actually, was it monumental anyway? Did it trigger, like, when you have birthdays coming up now, does it trigger stuff? I was an adult. Yeah. He was just shy of his 79th birthday. So, you know, we already had a son. Mm. And therefore, it wasn't something where I'm experiencing this as a child. I'm experiencing this as an adult and seeing him in his final years. It's just, Mm. it all sort of came together there that it happened that way. Of all the days (laughs) that one can choose to die unexpectedly that was a day weird wow yeah like that's another topic right like when people die and like you hear stories and it's just it's someone just passed away louise hay i don't know if you know her or not um she's big in the spiritual work anyway she had a good friend dr wayne dyer and they both passed away so wayne dyer passed i think two years ago and then she passed away um just this year but on the same day and like they're good friends. And so you're just like, it's just very interesting when people die. If people can control that, you know, that's something I, I soon, you know, one day will find out <laughs> as I get up there or as it happens to me. So are you the oldest amongst your siblings or where do you fit? I'm in, I guess, the, the, the middle. So I'm the, so yeah, so I'll be the third child. Okay. So it's, uh, it's interesting doing this and, and doing the, the post-education stuff. Because uh, they haven't really done that aspect either. So it's just, it's a learning curve moving forward. But, you know, like I get a lot of support, maybe not too much from them. My mom's very supportive, which is really nice in this area. But just to see the support from other people really gives me the motivation to continue and do this because it's a, it's a tough journey, like going through, you know, all this, all the hoops and uh, all the struggles and, you know, financial sort of stress and stuff to really do what you need to do and what you feel desired to do. So I'm just glad for, you say, even you guys to have me on to sort of talk about the subject and, and share some of this information because without, you know, you guys, my research and the topic would just like sit in, in a, a drawer somewhere. What does your family think of what you do? So my mom is very supportive. She hasn't had her dream, any dreams of my dad, but she has had a dream of um, someone else that passed away and she thought it was comforting. But other than that, like, you know, like we're just, you know, people, you know, like you don't get to choose your family. <laughs> so they're not like, you know, we don't, I don't see them all the time, um, but they are, you know, in their own way, they're very loving and they have kids. So I go, I go see them, but we don't really talk about this subject. We'll just talk about, you know, you know, everyday life, what's going on, surface stuff, um, but nothing like too deep that we're talking about now having the 
those in-depth conversations. So I love, love them, but you know, like they're not, you just have to like know when, when your topic's wanted and when it's not. And so at the end of it, that's why I say like, I'm just glad for other people to really value what I'm doing. So what about the colleagues you work with? They, it's funny because they've, uh, some of them had their own, their own dreams. So they, they like what I'm doing and my supervisor loves what I'm doing. And, and she really brought me on, which is, I think so amazing because without her and without Brock university, I wouldn't be able to do this. And so it's not even just me. It's like, I needed people to say, yeah, let's, let's actually test it scientifically and give me a t- like uh, a chance. And they have, and I think that's amazing. So people in the department, they seem to actually enjoy it. And I, I think at first it was, uh, they didn't really know, but the more I talk about it, the more I do this media stuff, they really see the benefit of it, especially the media stuff. And your most people in the PhD program don't ever go on radio or try to like promote their research in different ways. But I really try to, because I'm trying to normalize this experience and get the information out. And that's why I started like at the website, griefdreams.ca, uh, just as a way to, to bring people together, to ask questions, to find the research that's on there and to be able to contact me and if they have any questions. And so I said like that really pushes them. I think it's not really more about the topic, but I think that social media is really stretching the academic community at Brock to do more with their research. Yeah, that's a pretty good looking website. It's well put together. It's um, <laughs> you're on it. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> I did it myself. <laughs> really? I'm uh, just like, like playing around, but yeah, that's the uh, the first draft, I guess. Yeah, very good. Uh, is this done in WordPress or what? It's done in Squarespace. Oh, so you use a template. It's a CMS yeah. thing, I'm assuming, but it looks good. Oh, thank you. I'm going to get this question in yet. Okay. What <laughs> What is your thesis about? So exactly. it's exactly, can you exactly? Work? Okay. So I'm looking at a couple of questions, but it's specifically on dreaming of the deceased. So my first two studies was looking at what factors predict dreaming of the deceased. And then my next ones will be also on what factors predict a positive dream versus a negative dream. And within that, I'm also looking at what themes people are having and the frequency of those themes. And so that's what I was saying for the most part, People are having these positive themes over these negative dreams. And that was interesting because the first time we actually looked at that to say, okay, yes, there's these common themes, but how many people are actually having these versus not? And so most people are having these comfort, comforting themes over and above these negative themes. Things like 90% of people who have who reported a dream stated they had a comfort theme. And people who, uh, and a negative theme was around 40%. I think that's really interesting. And those 40% of people, most of those people, I think 38% or 35% had also a positive dream. And so now it's really like fine-tuning and say, okay, why is someone having a negative dream? Does it relate to their grief? And you know, does it relate to maybe trauma symptoms? Like maybe they saw, you know, it was a traumatic loss or maybe they have guilt, you know? So really trying to understand the dream imagery is also the part. So that's sort of the, the dissertation is a bunch of these studies. I think there would be five studies in total on different samples of grieved individuals from espousal to pet loss and the miscarriage. Do you personally talk to these people or do you pick up research papers? So I'll per, uh, mostly the, it's just, you do the study. I don't have any contact with them. So it's not one-on-one interviews. So it'd be through uh, a program that we have that collects data through the internet. Uh, in my MA, it was, uh, people had actually contact me and I gave them sort of the, uh, the questionnaires to fill out. And then that's when they put in their dreams and stuff like that. But it's when I do the workshops, uh, people will tell me about their dreams and I'll be able to talk to them in, in more, more detail when I do uh, that. Or if people email me, 
I I'm able to talk to them and get more detail about, you know, what these dreams mean to them. We got more to come with Joshua Black. I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. $39.95 plus shipping and handling. Use discount code GCN and receive 15% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter and get your Bug Assault today. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Attention type 2 diabetics. If you or a loved one has taken Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR or other inhibitors for type 2 diabetes and suffered amputation of the toes, feet, or legs, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA has warned that Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR and other inhibitors for type 2 diabetes cause an increased role in amputations of the toes, feet, and legs. If you or a loved one has taken Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR or other inhibitors, for type 2 diabetes and suffered amputation of the toes, feet, or legs, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-475-7607. That's 800-475-7607. Again, 800-475-7607. Call now. This is an advertisement paid non-attorney spokesperson. www.injuryhelpdesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. What do you call charging thousands of dollars for hearing aids. I call it outrageous because hearing should not be a privilege for the rich. It's a basic right everyone deserves. Hi, I'm Dr. Chira Curry, board-certified ear, nose, and throat physician. If you or a loved one suffer from hearing loss but can't afford thousands for a hearing aid, I created MD Hearing Aid for you, a high-quality medical-grade hearing aid for a fraction of that price. Try MD Hearing Aid at home risk-free for 45 days. Call 1-800-422-1271. No costly doctor's visit. No expensive and time-consuming fittings or appointments. No ugly, old-fashioned hearing aid that costs thousands. MD Hearing Aid is an FDA-registered, audiologist-tested hearing aid that's discreet and lets you hear what you've been missing at a savings of more than 80% off the average price of a traditional hearing aid. Try MD Hearing Aid risk-free for 45 days. Call 1-800-422-1271. Plus, you'll get free shipping and free batteries for a year. 1-800-422-1271. Heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, poor circulation, and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look, and I'm 
telling everyone how much healthy I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online, hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so just a key question here that occurs from this, that your research is coming from mostly third-party sources. You're not personally validating this information before you put it in your study? Well, it's coming from them, um, and that's the best we can do with questionnaire data, right? Like, they're telling me their best. They're telling me what they think when it comes to this questionnaire. We always sort of—it's hard to sort of get the truth, I guess you could say, because uh, would they like people ask, would they be lying? Would they not be? This is the best we got, unless we can actually see these dreams in a lab, and then we can actually know for sure what they're having, how long they are, what kind of theme they are. But until then, this is sort of the best we can do with what we got. But wouldn't it be better to spend more time talking to people, get a sense of what they're saying? Because it's very impersonal to fill out a questionnaire or to read somebody's report. It is, but it's the best we can. You know, like for me, that's a way to, to gather a large amount of data. And you need a large amount of data to do the analyses that we're doing. And more than the, the one-on-one type of interviews, even though the questionnaire... Uh, it says, you know, your dream and all that other sort of stuff. There's also a feedback thing. So people can write about if they want to write about their, their loved ones more. And a lot of people actually, after taking the questionnaire, actually thank us, which is unheard of when it comes to doing scientific research. People aren't really thanking you uh, that much, but these people are. So it actually, I think the way we're asking the questions, the way we set up our consent form and also the deb- debriefing form really validate this off. And they, I think it normalizes the experience for them and give them an understanding of, and why we're doing what we're doing and it can help them out and say if they ever have any questions they always contact us and we can talk that way after sort of like uh, the data's in but that's why i like doing these workshops and talking to people one-on-one like you get a different sense of the data and this is the difference between like quantitative and qualitative research you know and, and here we are right so this i you got to have both and that's why i love by talking to these people even though i may not be able to publish it I can still understand what their concerns are, what benefits them, what doesn't, and I can actually put that into some of my studies in some way. And in the context of these studies, just to to be clear again here, when you're talking about positive versus negative, you're talking about uh, what is in the mind of the experience or something that is positive. In other words, that it makes them feel better or gives them some sense of comfort or relief from the negative or uncomfortable uh, emotional feelings that they experience during grief. Is, have I got that right? Yeah, it's part of it. It's, it's more of the theme. So remember the dead, dying, and ill theme and the discomfort theme that I, I shared? Well, I asked those questions in the questionnaire. And so putting those two frequencies together, that's a negative theme. And then similarly for the comfort and the healthy and happy, those are positive images and themes. And so I put those together. So that's how I made up the negative versus positive so it's 
some people can have a negative or a positive theme and think it's negative in nature, but it's more about the what's going on in the dream. You know, what occurs to me here is, do you take a lot of demographic information about a person's background when you collect these yeah. experiences? Okay, so yeah. do you find that particular religions or lack of religious belief has any impact, whatever, specific age groups, male, female, where they come from originally? Yeah, and this is interesting. And the answer is no. So for what factors uniquely predict dreaming of the deceased, the age has nothing to do with the gender. We looked at intrinsic religiosity has nothing to do with it. And so it's very interesting how people from all ages, all cultures, all religions are more or less having these experiences in a similar fashion. I think that's really interesting. It'd be cool to get more data on this to, to validate the, the research because it is like one of the first studies that are out. But yeah, it seems like that everyone's having it. I think the types of dreams these people have are probably different based on their loss. And so just for example, if a, a mother uh, loses a child, their dreams would be a little different than if uh, you lose a spouse. And I just want to like, get this in there quick, um, just because it's, I think it's very interesting. So usually when uh, we dream of deceased loved ones, they tend to be the same age when they passed away, like an adult. Uh, sometimes if they die when they're older, they'll uh, will have uh, dreams where the deceased is younger but healthier. But when it comes to children, a lot of people say if uh, when they dream of their children, they dream as, oh, they're aged. So if they die at two, in two years they're dreaming about them, the dream of them as if there were four. And so I think it's very interesting, just like, so the type of loss has an impact in the themes that occur. But yeah, all the other demographics don't really have any uh, influence right now. Interesting. Well, I was just going to ask, okay, the, there does seem to be a correlation between how well a person knows the person that they're dreaming about or the type of the strength of the relationship that they'd had. But you know, I've heard a few stories from people who say they've dreamt about somebody who they didn't know who they were. And they woke up and they go down to the kitchen and uh, all of a sudden, you know, they're seeing their parent, you know, uh, looking very sad at the coffee table and ask them what happened. And, and uh, you know, it's somebody that they didn't know that was part of the family, an extended family that has had passed away. So, I mean, how do we, how do we reconcile those kinds of things? I mean, the person that had this one dream that I was talking about described the person to a T had never met them before. And their parent just looked at them and said, you know, that's, that's your granddad. So-and-so. Wow. That's wild. I like that. I said, you just like those dreams are like, you just don't know. Like it could be that it could be like the memory thing. Maybe they talked to one or saw a picture. It could be that it was an actual visitation, uh, or it, it could be they're picking up some type of telepathy from the parent. So the parent would have known. And so maybe they're picking up that kind of imagery from the parent. You know, I don't, I don't know, but it's just very interesting to even talk about. Yeah, well, with telepathy, of course, now we're getting out into that sort of woo-woo space. But, you know, I think that we have to accept, no matter what we look at, that some sort of information is, is is taking place. These people are acquiring information in their mind that corresponds accurately to some situation that they're not normally familiar with. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the question is, what becomes 
the method of information transfer. And of course, something like telepathy actually doesn't seem all that unreasonable when we consider that our minds are transmitters and receivers of various frequencies of uh, measurable EM radiation. I don't know how to explain it scientifically, but I mean, I don't think that's beyond the realm of some sort of rational questioning. No, like telepathy, you should be able to, I think, investigate that a little bit better. But when it comes to dreams, it's hard to catch them, right? Like if you could, if you could have the experience of that and catch it in a lab setting, well, then it'd be easy. But the problem is they don't happen when we want them to, right? And so it's because they're, you could say, random that it'd be very difficult to study uh, the topic itself. But if somebody has frequent dreams of this nature, can you set up a lab study where you observe them when they're sleeping to see what kind of measurements you can take? Oh, oh, yeah, you definitely could. I would love to actually be a part of that study. Um, but when it comes to what I find out when it comes to these dreams, they're very, very, like, some people will have one dream their entire life. Other people will be more frequent, but it's not every night. And so, you know, it costs a lot to run a lab, uh, a sleep lab, and then to have them come in and try to catch it and say it would be tough. But I think for those people who dream of them very frequently, it could be done. And to sort of see what's going on. But then again, when it comes to these dreams, these dreams are different. Not all dreams of the sea are the same. Some are more vivid, more real, and have a, a different quality to them. And some of them are just, you know, they're in the background and they're just part of the dream imagery. And they don't have that sort of emotional um, appeal or emotional sort of arousal that they, they would get when they wake up. And so it's like trying to really differentiate those two types or of, of main dreams that people report when it comes to this. So it's definitely, it, it can be done. Um, it's just we need money and you need time and you need someone to be able to do it in a sleep lab. We've got more with Joshua Black and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. $39.95 plus shipping and handling. Use discount code GCN and receive 15% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter and get your Bug Assault today. 
It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Actual testimonials from real Numana customers. I've tried all kinds of food storage, and Numana is by far the best. I'm a single mom with two teenage boys and a full-time job. I don't always have time to cook a four-course meal. That's where Numana has been such a blessing. I can spend less time in the kitchen and more time on what matters most, like helping with homework. Find out for yourself. Order online at thepowermall.com. That's thepowermall.com. Numana is... Food storage, I love to eat. Yum! Thepowermall.com. Investing is a long-term process. How many times can you think of in the last decade that the stock market has destroyed retirement funds for people just like you and me? For your existing IRA, you need the security that gold has provided for centuries. Remember, gold has never been worth zero. Capital Gold would like to introduce you to the Home Storage Gold IRA. It's a self-directed IRA set up with all the protection and tax benefits of an LLC. But the big difference in this IRA is you invest in gold and you hold it in your possession. You can't do that with stocks. That's security. You can transfer any type of IRA hassle-free in days. Please call right now and learn more, and we'll waive the $500 setup fee and give you a free safe to store your gold. 800-535-7789-800-535-7789-800-535-7789. That's 800-535-7789. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Joshua Black is with us, and we were talking about the possibilities of a dream lab. There's Yeah, there's sleep labs around. Most dream research is uses questionnaires just because it's easier and it's more cost efficient. Uh, but yeah, there is, you know, I guess people who, who run dream studies and they look at, you know, different aspects of the dreams, but they haven't looked at this area. And so, you know, maybe they want to look at this area. That'd be cool. I'd be more than happy to see that happen. As I say, like, I don't want to be the only one in this field. I want this to actually start a movement in some way to try to get answers and try to find more of what's what's going on. Because I'm really curious just what, what's going on in the brain when it happens to these, these two different types of dreams. That makes me interested. And that's something I would love to figure out if we could catch those two things. But as I said, like, uh, they're not that easy to track. The research is very uh, minimal uh, for what we need to know to know when these dreams maybe occur. Has anyone you, uh, thought to consider 
whether the people who have these dreams more frequently have other experiences, paranormal experiences, seeing strange things in the sky, ghosts, things like that? Oh, great question. That is a good question. No, I think you're the first one to ask me that. So uh, congratulations. <laughs> and so if only we could fund you to do some research, <laughs> uh, life would be easier. But no, uh, I say like when I say there's not a lot of research, there's really not a lot of research. And so I'm really starting at the bare minimum. Like, are there themes that are common? Like, are, is it even common to have these dreams for the bereaved? Like, this is very like simple stuff. Like, why are some dreams positive? Like, this should have been asked, you know, 40 years ago. But like for whatever reason, we're, I'm just starting to sort of get that information out now. So I think after this comes out, then we start looking at more of those other connections. And OK, like who else is having these experiences? And does that maybe predict dreaming of the deceased? I don't know. But I know dream recall is a big predictor of that. Have you heard of uh, Michael Persinger? No. Oh, well, this is something that you should definitely check into. He's a neuroscientist, philosopher. He thinks that uh, all phenomena, including consciousness and spiritual experiences and paranormal events, can be explained by universal physical mechanisms that can be studied using the scientific method. He uh, created something that is sort of loosely referred to as the God Helmet that actually puts EM waves through people's brains. In his experiments, people actually can see, in some cases, their dead relatives standing in before them as clearly as if they were really there. Interesting. Yeah, I'll definitely look that up. Yes, you should definitely look into some of his work because uh, he's fairly controversial, but he's a genuine scientist. Somebody, I believe, uh, I think he's Canadian as well. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely look into him. I haven't heard of him before. Um, But yeah, if he's doing some research, and I'll look into it and and see what he's doing and, and his approach to it. And it'd be very interesting to see if I can learn something. If not, that's okay. But at least I can sort of understand more of what he's doing, what he's trying to attempt to do, uh, and what he's finding. We need to sort of look at the results. And as I said, like I don't know about him. And probably one way I don't know about him because I, I haven't seen him in my social media yet, right? So we live in a different world that you know we need to get the information out there to really start you know talking about this stuff in a new way. Even when it comes to dreams or say, religious experiences uh, and what the findings are. But the, the sad thing is a lot of researchers, they, they don't, right? Because it's not really their concern. Their concern is to do the research. And that's what they spend a lot of their time and money on. And it's a lot of work to do this, the social media aspect. Oh, no kidding. Very time consuming. Uh, do you think that you could, uh, your studies could benefit from something like uh, a number of MRI uh, readouts and so on? Have you considered looking at that approach to compare the actual brain conditions of people who are experiencing grief no not not yet as i said like uh it's very uh, expensive to do studies when it comes to mris or sleep labs and you need a specific question involved with dreaming of the sea so it'd be like the problem is 80 most people will have a dream at some point in their life and as time goes on they tend to that number sort of increases so i have to basically find a question i don't know much about mris so i have to understand sort of what it does and how it can relate to dreaming of the deceased. But yeah, like it's not out of the question to use different technologies to study this subject. They're very useful and they're being used by people to try and answer some of these kinds of questions. You could probably include that in your questionnaire as a question. Have you had any reason to have an MRI lately or you know, have you had any type of other psychological evaluation done? 
And if you could get their permission, then if you've got people who have had those kind of tests done to get hold of those tests, and that could reduce a lot of your expenses and provide you with some actual hard scientific data that you could compare against a, you know, a so-called uh, baseline. Control group. Yeah. And you have to catch it too. Like it has to be after they've lost their loved one. And yeah, like time is a, is a huge factor on like when it's done and it's, it's more in a controlled setting. It's hard to just collect the data that they give you. Uh, you'd have to actually, I think, put them yourself, get the questionnaires done and, and run them like together. So the time is, you know, time is a big, like, is important when it comes to sort of collecting scientific data. But yeah, yeah, I think there is something there. And the more we, technology grows, right, like it just continues to grow. Hopefully we can use that as a way to understand this phenomena and understanding all sorts of sort of paranormal experiences to a new degree. And that's what I'm exciting with what's, you know, what's all coming out because it's allowing us to research different areas more effectively. So you don't dismiss, obviously, the possibility that all these dreams are genuine, that people are having some kind of encounter subconsciously with a dead loved one or whoever. Say that again? That these experiences, these dreams, represent a reality of some sort. It's not just your subconscious making up something. You're really interacting with some outside force, possibly, as I said, the dead relative, possibly just an external force, something that I kind of brought up at the early part of the show. Yeah, I'm not against that approach. And so we can't test it. And people always ask, people always come up to me and ask, is this a visitation dream? I'm like, I, I can't tell you that. And I go, what does it feel like to you? And then we can go with that. But I said, like, unless I can talk to the deceased to let them, to ask them and, and say, hey, were you in his dream at this time or this day? Well, we can't do that yet. All we have is a person's sort of personal experience with the dream. So I can't deny the experience, but we just can't test it scientifically. So I'm not against it, though. What you can obviously test is whether someone has a dream and somebody dies the next day. Of course, you can't do it when they tell you 10 years later. <laughs> right, yeah. But once it happens. Mm -hmm. But you'd have to be like, so you have to catch that. I guess once the information gets out there and more people have these experiences, they can give it to you right away. Like if I had like a study and going on collecting people's premonition dreams that you're talking about of you know when the deceased dies soon after is to get those right away and people send those to me. That's probably the easiest way to do that. Um, but then you just need funding and you need all that sort of set up ahead of time. But yeah, it's not out of the question. You just need the, the time and you need people to uh, know that you're doing the work. Can you tell our listeners if they have more interest in what you're studying where can they check out your site and how do they get in touch with you? Okay. So yeah, you can go to griefdreams.ca and on there you can find links to all sorts of stuff. I have, uh, you know, my contact is on there, different research articles, different things that we talked about today on the show, different themes and content is also on there. You have the, my Instagram page at grief dreams, same thing with my Twitter at grief dreams. You have the grief dreams, Facebook group and there. There's hundreds of uh, dreams people have shared. And so feel free to go on there, read about them, even post your own. We always love having that. And then I also have the Grief Dreams podcast. So if you like hearing more about the subject, you know, come listen to uh, to me try to uh, interview people on the other end of this. And they have their own dreams. Some people have positive ones, and other people have negative ones. So, But everything can be found at griefdreams.ca. You can find us on Twitter. Look for the Powercast on Twitter. We also want you to check out our second radio show after the Powercast. Well, we'll talk about this, maybe have a surprise guest or two. 
After the PowerCast is only available if you subscribe to the PowerCast Plus. You have to go to plus.thepowercast.com, P-L-U-S.thepowercast.com. Remember also that you get the commercial-free version of this show with better quality audio. Some videos and other stuff, more content coming. Plus.thepowercast.com. We want you to sign up. Joshua Black, thank you so much for joining us on the PowerCast. Thank you, Gene, so much for having me on. I appreciate you taking the time, which is uh, the longest interview I've done. Um, And I appreciate all the work that you're doing and talking about this stuff and allowing me to come on. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.